Welcome to the station of decapitation without your head. I'm Nasty Neil, and I'm joined by Brendan Patrick Connor, Pleatherface of Adult Swim's Eulog. It's very cool yeah. to have you here. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. This movie's very, uh, crazy, and I see a lot of crazy movies. <laughs> yeah, it was a real. Um, uh, reading the script was a real. <laughs> was a real interesting. <laughs> Yeah, it was that's a, one of the, the first things out of my notes. I was like, I wonder how this how the script even read. Like, you know, watch the movie. <laughs> I, I put it down for a minute. I, I checked my email again. I said, is this really what I'm reading? Like, what is this? You know, because I've done, you know, I've done some sort of uh, out there stuff. But this really was the most insane thing I've ever read. Um, and I was really immediately like on board with it. Yeah. <laughs> Because yeah, it's definitely, even if someone didn't like it out there, you, I don't think you could deny it's original. Completely original and completely different. I don't know if anyone's seen it who's uh, watching this, but, the, you know, the other thing about it was that um, my character does some really off-the-wall stuff. I'm essentially like, you know, I play a character named Pleatherface, and obviously it's a takeoff on Leatherface, and uh, a lot of the, uh, you know, horror movie bad guys and uh so my my character does a lot of awful terrible things like right off the yeah. right off the bat but the good part is that I, I wear i wear a mask the whole time right so they don't know it's you yeah <laughs> so no one knows it's me so it's <laughs> it's good yeah you know yeah you you won't be walking down the street and people say hey it's a guy who uh, was uh, doing some bad stuff there at least for, right. for the movie anyway I, I don't know about your personal life <laughs> But no, I, no I'm like, we're not going to talk about that today. This is just about Adult Swim. You log, please. Fair enough. So I assume the script, you know, is how how detailed is the script as far as like how the camera is going to move or not move and, and those sort of things? Well, very interesting question. You know, usually when you read a script and I'm sure you've read a few. Yeah. You never um, you never see like the camera the word the camera moves is not really usually in there that the the way the shot is going to look is described mm -hmm. but this this was so specific in that the camera you know the camera is part of the plot i don't want to give much away right. i mean it's a u-log movie but it was very much explicitly written the camera does this and the camera does that and you know casper casper kelly the guy who wrote it um hopefully your listeners have a good idea who this guy is and what he's done before yeah. uh was like it was the most interesting script i've ever written he had like his own sort of personal notes in it like he would write something like well we'll do this or we'll do that or i'm not sure what's going to happen here or something like that <laughs> and it was so hysterical to read and, so a lot of know, like for stuff they said i'm not sure what's going to happen here was there any like uh improv stuff while you're making it or um uh not improv on my end i mean every most scenes that i have in it are fairly technical so like mm -hmm. you can't there wasn't a lot of room for that kind of thing so like for example like you know i there's a <laughs> there's a fair amount of uh chopping heads off and impaling and that sort of thing and so when you're shooting something like that very technical you have to hit certain spots and hit your mark and and all that but dialogue wise you know he, he, he some directors and some writers are very like 
say the words exactly. I didn't get that sense out of him. And actually, if I remember correctly, he had me change a few things kind of on the fly. Um, but my character doesn't say a whole lot either. Yeah, he has some great lines, but yeah, not, not a lot of lines. <laughs> right, right. But other characters. Yeah, there, there was a little of that going on. Casper wasn't precious about the words, which, you know, sometimes is the case. Mm -hmm. Had you known him before? Had you ever worked with him or? Never, never. And I never, um, you know, when you get an audition for something, you kind of, um, you look at the names of the writer and the director and you look up who they are. You try to get the tone of their work and. You know, you, you you watch, you look at their IMDb page and you see the sort of things they do. And right away, I knew I had seen um, too many cooks. And uh -huh. uh, so I knew that. <laughs> um, but I didn't know him. I had never worked with him before. Um, but a really cool guy right away. Um, so I, I liked his work and I knew he was like, a, he had a real strong voice. And then I subsequently watched a few of his other things. Yeah. I had actually read for, um, he did a TV show called Your Pretty Face is Going to Hell. Um, <laughs> I've not seen it, but I love the name. Yeah, yeah it, it was also on Adult Swim. It's about okay. demons and, um, uh, you know, people in hell. And I had auditioned for that a few times, I think, a few years ago. So I, I he was kind of on my radar. I just, you know. Mm -hmm. I didn't know the name. Yeah. What was the audition like? Uh, did Did you do any particular scenes? Or yeah, I did. It was it was in it was this summer. It's actually you know now that I think about it, it's actually a pretty funny coincidence. So you know, usually when in this day and age, uh, since COVID, you don't go and audition for something. You like you record Zoom yourself. Or, uh, yeah put it on tape and you send it in. And um, it was, I think it was the, uh, this, the, the opening scene, if you remember where sort of the, um, you log, right. I don't want to give anything away. Yeah. The, you, the don't, -log. you don't necessarily see you too much in the opening scene. Right, right. exactly. And the conceit of the you log thing is mm -hmm. kind of broken. And it's it's a kind of a you know an attack, <laughs> and um, I have a bit of dialogue with the woman who plays my mother, who's amazing. And so we should talk about her. Yeah, we definitely will. Yeah, well, I'll get to her. <laughs> so, but uh, I just, before we get there, I just want to know. Uh, so during the audition, did you had you already thought of like how? Well, I'm sure you thought about it, but did you have the voice down at that point? Uh. So, okay. So, so I tape this thing, right. And, mm -hmm. you know, look, you do your best on every one of these auditions, you always do your best. And sometimes you don't have one for two weeks, but sometimes you get like four of them in a week and you, you got to just kind of get them out there and do your best and just, and just um, hope for the best. Right. So I read the thing and I went, what am I going to do here? And I, I remember I had, um, you know, I've, I've been acting for a long time and I take classes and stuff. And I, in an acting class a few years back, I had done a good deal of, uh, of mice and men. You oh, yeah, nice. Tell, tell, <laughs> tell me about the rabbits again, Drew. Yeah. yeah right, right. <laughs> and I, I would play Lenny all the time. Mm -hmm. Lenny's sort of like a big, simple, <laughs> challenged um, character. Mm -hmm. And I, I had done like a specific voice and I had done a specific gate and everything so i just said you know I, I took a look at the script i said i'm just going to do that 
right? I'm going to do Lenny. And so uh, I did Lenny, and um, I, so I get a callback. And I'm just realizing how weird this is now. I get a callback for it. And a lot of times if you get a callback in the age of COVID, it's lot. It's sort of like this. It's like a Zoom right. session. And Casper was there, and the casting person was there. And the funny part is, is that I was on vacation, and I was in an Airbnb. <laughs> um, and I've never put two and two together that that's interesting until this moment. Yeah. But I just kind of, we were on the, uh, in the Jer- New Jersey, on a lake in New Jersey. And I said, oh, I said to my wife, can you go out, <laughs> you know, can you go outside for a minute? Yeah. Well, I do this and um, and Casper was there and he, you know, for the audition, I had done Lenny and he, he, he said, he goes, just turn it up a notch. So during during the initial audition, I would get really big yeah. for a moment or so. And he goes, do that moment the whole the whole time during the uh, during the scene. Uh-huh. So I did. And I, I you know, I kind of went crazy. I. I hope the people who own the Airbnb who are upstairs didn't hear. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, a lot of that's interesting too about um, uh, you, you know, doing like theater work because when I was watching it, I think I was thinking that since there's a lot of scenes where the camera doesn't move, that it was it more like theater acting because you know because there's not necessarily some of your scenes are a little different though. I guess you're moving more in a lot of your scenes, but a lot of the well, dialogue scenes are really almost like a theater. It's people standing there and and talking. One hundred percent. I mean, I know um, the other actors had, you know, 10, 15 page scenes, mm-hmm. which you never have when you do TV and film. You know, you you might have a three page scene. That's a lot too, uh, or whatever around there. But but there were just large stretches of fixed camera shots. And I think what happened was. Some of the actors, this was during, you know, this, this, we shot it in July, I think, or June or July. I think like one or two actors showed up the day before shooting and had COVID. Oh, yeah. So they had to replace people right, right before production. And those people um, had to learn 10 pages right off the bat. But got to do what you got to do, you know, but for me, I think my, my, my shots were more conventional, you know, it was more yeah. multi. You're, you have a lot more movement. Uh, yeah. It's not as dialogue heavy your scenes and there's a lot more action and movement. And well, the, there was the, 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 this, I, yeah, I had mostly non verbal scenes, you know, I'm being thrown out the door <laughs> down a flight of stairs and yeah. uh, that wasn't me going down the right. stairs. I was a stunt man, but yeah. I'm wrestling with a log and everything. I have that. I, I'm a big fan. This is going to sound, but I'm a big fan of scenes in movies where people are fighting with inanimate objects. I always get a kick out of them. Uh, <laughs> very low budget or big. I, I There's something about it that entertains me. What is that like to, to, to film when you're fighting a log? Well, it's funny, you know, Casper. That's fun. I'd, I'd be interested in hearing some of your, your, your favorite scenes <laughs> of uh, people fighting inanimate objects. But. Right. The scene where, um, uh, and I don't know who's seen it yet. I encourage everyone to take a look. But there's a scene where uh, a, the log knocks me out of the house, down a flight of stairs, and I, I wrestle with it. And the log is kind of alive, and it, mm-hmm. it's a, it's a mur- it's a murdering log. Um, and so they basically, it was like 
it was like three in the morning in the middle of Atlanta, Decatur. And it was the last shot that I had and the last shot of the, of the night. And so they were basically like, just kind of wrestle with this log. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> and, you know, make it like you're fighting it. So I, so I, you know, I had, I've done a, a good amount of, um, I kind of came up doing a lot of comedy and like physical comedy and stuff. So I'm, I'm comfortable with that and a little stage combat. So uh, I made, I made, you know, I made the log come hit me and <laughs> I was throwing it. And actually Casper told me, he goes, I was really worried about that scene, how it would turn out. He goes, but you did great. So. No, yeah, it's awesome. But I'm trying to think of some, I, uh, I like uh, reanimator when he's fighting the dead cats. Very fun. I'd have to oh, really yeah. think about this, but I always like it when it pops up in a movie. I think that's <laughs> a good idea for, for like a, uh, some time to do a top like 10 or 13 list of uh of my favorite in it we'll make sure fighting. i'm on there if you, don't, you definitely if you will don't be yeah i'll make a note of this because it is very fun and you can tell all your friends yeah i made the nasty neil 13 uh, of course so uh uh Tordy clark you mentioned who plays uh the mother character she's awesome in the movie and uh so uh, i assume she's not like that in real life but uh, what she, or maybe she is uh no, she's, she's not a big like fan that. of mento cheese. I don't know. But yeah. <laughs> well, it's funny. She actually, she actually hates. Pim she she told me she um she entered. She read the script and she was like, "Oh no, <laughs> she hates pimento cheese." And yeah. I think hated it so much that I think they had to get like a substitute <laughs> for it. She had such an aversion to it, but she's not like that in real life. But she's an amazing actress. And she would stay in character a good amount um, uh, during production, which is very interesting. And I, you know, I tried to help her. I tried to play along and everything. It's not how I work generally, yeah. but I definitely respected it because the results were were there. You know, I really liked her, and I, I think she's great. And the funny thing is, she played my mother, and I think I'm older than she is. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. But, well, you're, but, you're under the under multiple masks, really. So um, how about like, uh, could you get a sense of what what tone the movie would be? Because even watching it, um, you know, it's sort of a comedy, but there's also like real horror stuff like like the, the mother character is pretty horrific. You, you can be you're horrific at different parts of the movie. Did you get less sense of what like what kind of tone the movie would be? Well, you, you know, the, the scenes I did, like you said, are sort of traditionally horror stuff, mm -hmm. you know, like. Uh, well, well done, but you know, I mean, I, I think it was kind of a, a not a parody, but a an homage to a lot of those yeah. films. So there was that, but then when you read the script, there's all types of yeah, uh, some weird stuff in the movie. Yeah, yeah, there's like a lot of social commentary. Mm -hmm. There's total surreal David Lynch type yeah. moments. Which even I kind of thought David Lynch with the log itself, kind of like the log lady, is. Uh... Oh yeah. How did I not think of that? Right. I need but, you yeah, around. The guy in the fireplace is very uh, Lynchian, I think. 100%. I know Casper's a big a big Lynch fan. Uh, he, he talked about that. He's also a big Kids in the Hall fan, okay. <laughs> which is what he and I uh, chatted about a few times. But, but uh, I mean, once you read the script, you knew that we're not dealing with um, a typical horror movie, you know, or even a horror Christmas parody. Yeah, it's um, something different. 
I I, per- I go to a lot of movie festivals, and the thing I like about festivals is there's a lot of movies that don't really fit into one genre that don't always won't get like maybe theatrically released because they're not like you can't just say it's a horror movie or whatever. And so I like that something unusual, and this is definitely like a movie I would see at a, at a festival. I guess Adult yeah. Swim itself is sort of like that. Yeah, it's kind of uh, a place for it, and it's pretty amazing that that there is a place for these things. And that's what excites me. I love stuff that's, you know, uh, off the beaten path. That's for sure. I love mainstream stuff too, but I love this yeah. stuff too. Yeah. And as an actor, it's really like, you know, I've done a lot of jobs that are just like an acting gig and very psyched to be part of it. But something like this, I'm like, uh, I'll, I'll do, I said, cash, I'll do whatever you want <laughs> from now on, yeah. you know? Uh, so. uh, was there any concern because Adult Swim has a lot of very um, short content, like like weird amounts, like 12, 15 minute things. And this is a feature movie. Um, was there any concern that, that maybe it would be too long for the Adult Swim audience? I think I think this is the first live action uh, feature. feature. Yeah. An Adult Swim. And I don't think I'm speaking out of school here. I think Casper uh, uh, approached them about doing this and they said, sure, well, you know, we'll give you a budget like too many cooks or something like that. And he goes, well, it's, it's more of a feature length yeah. piece. And um, they said, well, you could do a feature length, but we're going to give you the same <laughs> budget. budget right? So, um, so yeah. I mean, I mean, I wasn't he- hesitant and I know the crew wasn't, the crew really was like, the crew was um, a group that Casper worked with quite a bit. And I heard, more than um, a few of them say, listen, whatever he says, we're along for the ride. You know, he's kind of like um, he's got a vision, you know, and he's got he sticks to it. And he's so unique and strong that you kind of he's earned the right to do a feature length uh, piece here. And so as an actor, I see that and I go, all right, well, I'm just going to go for it. you know. Yeah. And um, yeah, it was great. But, you know. I don't know. I, I know, you know, I think there's some like weirdness with, um, I, I'm again, I'm kind of talking at my, you know what, like with like HBO and discovery yeah, it's on and, HBO max is streaming on that. Yeah. I think there was, I don't, I don't think there was ever any question that it was going to come out or mm-hmm. uh, come out on adult swim. I think Casper has sort of the cachet that they're going to, they're going to push whatever he does, you know, so good for him. Yeah. And and me personally, I like because, uh, like I said, at festivals, I, I'll see short films a lot to me, whatever length uh, the story needs to be works for me. So I, I can like a three and a half hour movie if, if it's a good movie or, you know, a, a two minute short, if that's what works. I think um, whatever, whatever works is, is what it should be. So you, you see a lot. You go to a lot of festivals. Yeah, that was one of the main things I missed uh, during um, the shutdown was going to the theater and going to movie festivals. Yeah. Right. My yeah. goodness. Are there a lot of good ones up, uh, up by you? Yeah. We have, um, Boston underground film festival, which I really like. And, um, I don't like to make the interview about me, but I finished my first feature. We filmed hey. it before COVID and then it was on hold and everything. And so we had it, we have it in festivals this year. So we had our world premiere at fright fest in London, which was very exciting. And then our U.S. premiere was at Screamfest at L.A. at the Chinese Theater, which 
was one of the coolest experiences uh, that oh, I've had. Congrats, man. Thank you. It's very exciting. Yeah. Yeah. What's the name of it? Uh, the, there's two films. The Once in Future Smash, which is a mockumentary about two actors who both take credit for a 1970 film, uh, End Zone 2. And then they're, they're, they're booked at a convention together 50 years later in the present. And then there's talks of a reboot. So they're trying to fight who will play uh, in the reboot. And then the actual 1970 film, we, uh, we restored End Zone 2 and they play together. Yeah. No kidding. That's great. Very exciting. Yeah. I'll look out for it. Thank you. Yeah. It's currently just at festivals. So hopefully um, sometime next year, it'll either be in streaming or release, release somewhere. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Speaking you know, of, I'll go on, sir. No, you go ahead. I was going to say, speaking of um, streaming, um, how is, because uh, you're a veteran actor, how has that affected your career, the rise of, you know, all the streaming sites? It's, I mean, it's, there's just so much more, uh, there's a lot more stuff, you know, there's a lot more, a lot more work, you know, a lot more to, to see. But, um, you know, the flip side is there's a lot more, it's, the industry's changed quite a bit as, to be an actor over the last say decade or so, and not necessarily in bad ways or good ways, but like, you know, stuff is shot in this was shot. Yulog was shot in Atlanta, for example. Mm-hmm. I regularly go to, uh, you know, Vancouver or Santa Fe or LA or New York and things are just kind of spread out. And, the pool of actors, you know, it used to be that um, you had to be an actor in L.A. or in New York and you, you know, you'd book there and fly somewhere else. Now they just hire most of the people where they shoot it. So it's just a little different, you know, but there are now there are now there's now like a giant industry in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Um, I think by some metric I read. Atlanta is like the film capital of the world. <laughs> Just, you know, as far as budget or something goes. Yeah, and I, th- I think a part of it, a lot of it is they, they, they have good tax uh, cuts for uh, for filmmakers. And I think The Walking Dead really helped uh, a lot of people, too. You know, that's where it's, then people started to film a lot of stuff there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, they do all the Marvel stuff down there, too. I, I, w- I was down there recently uh, to do something about a year ago. And I was on... Have you ever heard of Tyler Perry Studios? Well, yeah, I know the Tyler Perry movies, but yeah. I didn't know he had his own studio, actually. It's probably a couple years old. This guy, you know, I don't really know his work, to be perfectly honest with you, but this guy's a genius. Yeah. He bought a decommissioned army base from, from, I guess, (laughs) the federal government. That's pretty wild, yeah. I think he bought it, and he got it for like $10. Like, it was just like they, they needed something to do with it. And it's the size of like a town and you walk through it and it's like, oh, okay. They're shooting, um, um, you know, a Marvel movie over there, um, Wakanda forever. So they're they're using the ocean. They have like a fake ocean. (laughs) And then over here is, that's the white house. They have like a fake white house. Then they have like, um, you know, a baseball diamond that doubles for Yankee Stadium. It's unbelievable. And it just, you couldn't, you need a car to get through it. You know, it's yeah. really crazy. So it's constantly being used. And um, it's it's like, there's a lot of, a lot of work down there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, 
people always tell me that like uh series are the a way to go for a lot of people because uh, all these streaming sites need so much content so uh a series is just more content you know for plus to me the last 20 years or so since sopranos and the wire has really been uh like a golden age of television like so many great series no doubt no doubt i uh i i've been lucky enough to do shows in those years i did I did an episode of Mad Men, you know, I did, um, I've done like, I've been lucky, I've done a lot of other work, but I've been lucky enough to do a handful of like sort of prestige shows, which is great. I put Adult Swim, uh, you log right, right there yeah. too. But I was, I did a, um, uh, a show called Dope Sick mm -hmm. uh, about a year or so ago. We shot that in Virginia, but like, it's, it's a, a great like limited series and uh it's like eight episodes and so there's a ton of those too so yeah it's a good time it's a good time to be uh, to be an actor you know yeah a good time to be a fan of uh, of, of good acting i guess but yeah a lot of weird yeah. stuff gets made that probably wouldn't have been made years ago uh even like something like breaking bad because it's like uh when there was like three networks but they made a show about like a teacher who becomes a drug dealer i mean that probably wouldn't have ever been made at the you know back in the day it certainly would have would not have been made with brian cranston <laughs> right right you know like uh i'm sure i think you've ever heard the stu the stories about how um the guy who created mad men uh wanted uh, john ham but they you know the studios were like who <laughs> you know and uh they wanted all these big names to do it same thing with tony soprano but you know, with streaming sites, with low, not only say lower expectations, but, you know, maybe the budget isn't as high that you get away with doing more interesting stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a lot, lot of like uh, niche stuff, for lack of a better word, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. So are you a horror movie fan at all? Uh, you know, I won't hang up if no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the short answer is yes. Mm -hmm. The longer answer, and I'm doing an interview, so I suppose I should do it, is am I a huge <laughs> horror movie fan? Not particularly. I mean, I know the classics, um, and I know, like, the uh, – I certainly watched a few or rewatched a few in anticipation for U-Log, some of the bad – iconic, like, you know, Leatherface, and I watched a few of those, and um, – but I don't, you know, I really respect people who, who are totally into it. It's like, like yourself, you know, like it's a whole world. And the people who are fans of um, the U-Log, I mean, they're real fans of this. If you read comments on uh, on shows like yourselves, uh, your, your show, or like on Twitter or whatever, you know, so honestly that's how i heard about because i didn't i didn't know about it uh when it first came out and i saw people talking about it on uh facebook and i was like what is this this sounds you know I, so i went and watched i was like oh this is like so crazy like i love it yeah well they they particularly did no press on it mm -hmm. you know they they wanted it to surprise people so we we were asked not to really talk about it um and not to post anything on social media about it um and just sort of let it surprise i think the original intent i could be wrong on this was that they were going to have like two hours of the u-log <laughs> before, before the movie started yeah. right 
to me, I was like, I heard that and I said, this is the greatest thing ever. <laughs> uh-huh. two, two hours of the U-log and then this weird movie starts, you know. Uh-huh. But I think, um, you know, they you can't really get away with that. So I think it's now like five minutes or something like that. Still yeah, it's works. still pretty long. and Yeah, but it works because you do think like, you're just kind of sitting there and listening to the music and, and the fire is relaxing and then, you know, stuff starts to happen. And then I, I, face it would walks. be a while just to imagine someone sitting there for two hours, uh, you know, just relaxing. And then all of a sudden, all these things start happening. That's very funny to me, just the, the idea of, of that happening. Well, that's what that was, that's what Casper's like original um, uh, vision of it was, yeah. you know. Uh, so, uh, you funny. mentioned the you mentioned the mask. Uh, what was it like the first time you see yourself in in the mask? Well, I guess there's like kind of layers of mask and and the wig. You know, I again, I didn't know what was going on. I didn't know, like, <laughs> I had no clue what was going on. So, as an actor, I, I'm looking at myself, and first, I so I have a couple of the masks. Do you know who Shane Morton is? I do not. He's Casper's um makeup and okay. uh, effects person it's all practical and he's kind of he goes to a lot of the conventions too but he you know he does uh he did your pretty face and all this so oh, i have two of them i said oh, you got to nice. give me these and so they gave me the mask and i put it on this is the one i think that uh, i get stabbed in the eye with right um but i put it on and i had you know just like my head and i put it on and i was like wow this is crazy and cast like blonde hair, like Ken doll wig. <laughs> and um, I, 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 Neil, I didn't know what the hell was going on. So I just <laughs> sort of went for it. You know, I yeah. said, I'm just going to fully leather face this thing. And then they, for, the, for my outfit, they had me wearing like a very, like, very like 90s school dance outfit you know and the 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 intent was that this is what he and his mother would put together right so to impress women (laughs) so weird so i so i said this is really strange and then underneath the mask you have my face was completely like melted and i think i have a picture i could try to find but i mean you know this was all very new for me yeah, it's and, very cool because um, I don't, I don't think you ever just kind of like the I just face, said, I'm gonna, you, could, you could see it underneath. I'm gonna the really mask, I think adds go full bore on this. Let's see if I could find a picture. But I hope it worked. I think, I think it looked great. You know. No, it did look great. Uh, I can't find it, but yeah, that's all right. If he <laughs> sent it to me af- uh, afterwards, I'll, I'll uh, put it in the uh, in the video. I will. I will. Yeah, the whole package, the the face and the ma- and the makeup and the hair and the, you know, originally they wanted me to put on a, uh, I don't know if you can see me, but I'm a big guy, right? They want they were thinking about putting me in like a fat suit also. Oh, so you're like a really big guy, yeah. Really big. And I was like, you know, I would do whatever they wanted me to do. But I was, you know, this was like July in Atlanta. <laughs> right, right, right. And we we shot it actually in a, a cabin, like a, we shot it in the Airbnb. That, yeah. And so you're in a uh, even under the best circumstances, it was really uncomfortable, just hot, and there are all these people around stuffed into a living room, and just the idea of having to do it with a fat suit too. I was like, oh, please no. 
Uh, yeah, uh, I did a small movie this summer uh, where I, I played a serial killer, and so I didn't. I didn't. I had to wear a, but it was in. It was like a hundred and something degree. It was very hot, and I had to wear just a flannel shirt. And we were in an Airbnb, and and then you have to turn all the air conditioning off because it's going to make too much noise. And I was so hot, and if, uh, I had to sit up uh, when I wasn't in in the actual scene because you don't have a big area. I had to sit up like in the in the up in the rafters. Yeah, I was just so it was dreadfully hot and miserable. <laughs> it's the things we do for uh, for art. What can yeah. you say? Was, yeah. Uh, well, I, I didn't I didn't know you played a serial killer too, man. We're kindred spirits. Yeah, exactly. It, it was a weird thing. It came about last minute. The person that they they hired, he dropped out the day before they were going to film, and the uh, the woman who was making it knew me. And she knew I was in the area and asked if I would do it. I was like, okay, and like, well. Can you come like nine nine in the morning tomorrow? Like, oh, okay. And they sent me a script, and I had to read it. I didn't sleep all night, and I memorized the script. And so, so uh, has it come out yet? But it was very exciting. Yeah. <laughs> well, fortunately, there wasn't for me. That's great. There wasn't a lot of oh no, I have to memorize all these lines because <laughs> right. it was just a handful of them. So. Um, yeah, it wasn't too many. It was uh, not a lot of lines, but also memorizing what I'm going to be doing. Yes. So that that was, uh, you know, weird. sometimes when you're on a set and you're trying to act and just the physical limitations of where you are and where the camera is and where the lighting is, it's it's really um, um, important that you don't stray from, you know, you have to hit the right spot. So sometimes, and I'm sure you went through this, the acting has is. It's less about what you're saying and more about where you are. You yeah, know? that's what. It, yeah, definitely. And it was uh, and they filmed it on on 16 millimeter, which I've never. I've not done a lot of acting, but I've never worked with film before. So then it's added pressure. Like I want to, oh, yeah. I don't want to take a million shots because they have like cases and cases of film. I'm like, oh god, this is taking a lot of. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how much I cost. I assume it costs a lot. I don't know. A lot. Yeah, it's pretty great that they're doing it on 16. Though. So that's pretty yeah. Cool. It was, I was really I was worried that because uh, the one scene we were going to film indoors, but for whatever reason, ended up filming it outside and it was dark and it was rain. I was like, it, I was like, it's going to look cool because I was wearing these fake. Well, they were real glasses. I was like, I was like, the, the droplets are going to look really cool in the glasses. But I was worried like you wouldn't be able to see it because I, right. I didn't think. But I've seen it, uh, the shots of it since then. I was like, oh, this does look really cool. So, yeah, it makes all the difference, you know, so, uh, I don't terrible. know when it'll come out, but it, hopefully at some point. Yeah. So, which uh, leather faces did you watch? Well, I watched the original, and um, what was the guy's name who played the original? Gunnar Hansen. Yeah, the man, He's right? A great guy. Was a great and guy. And I, 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 not to sound crazy, right? But like, if you're an actor, like you try to you try to do what you can to shade what you're doing with different. Um, and you, you know, according to the script with different stuff. So like I watched that Leatherface and obviously he's a homicidal killer and everything, but there's a, there's a childlike quality to the mm -hmm. character. And Which I think is overlooked in some of the uh, sequels. Yeah. He became more of like a monster, like a kind impenetrable a typical, uh, slasher film where the first one's really about the family, which I think makes it more interesting. Yeah, and I don't want to say you feel bad for him, but, but you do. You could tell like he's bullied by by the brothers in that movie. Yeah, one hundred percent. Like just you know, 
so that's what I try. I tried to make him like more playful and maybe you have to pick your moments when you're shooting it. You know, when he's assaulting someone, you can't really add those shades, but you know, Pleatherface is looking for love kind of. And um, uh, you have to try to find little moments where you can sneak that stuff in. And I, I tried to, and Casper, Casper and I talked about that a little bit too. So I don't know if anybody would even notice it uh, watching it, but I hope, hope, hopefully it's there. You know? No, I, you know, I, I can definitely see what, what you're saying. How about uh, doing those scenes? What's the vibe on set? Like when, uh, you know, seeing you've got the two women tied up and yeah, uh, you know, it's a, it's not necessarily a graphic scene, but it's a pretty, you know, horrifying scene. Yeah, no, it's, you know, it's weird. It's mm-hmm. definitely weird. It's, um, um, I, you know, I, I've played a few bad people in my life and, you know, you have to have a, I just had a conversation with them and um, they were totally cool. Um, Andrea, who played the lead, um, there's a scene where the, I don't know if you remember, I'm going, eeny, meeny, miny, moe. Very very cool, a very weird scene because he keeps going with the eeny, meeny, miny. Yeah. That was in the audition also, I think. Um, But I remember, I remember there's a close-up of her while I come up to her, you know, I do the thing and I put my hand on her face and she was going, no, no, you know, really? She goes like, get get near my mouth and stuff like that. And I went, really? She's going to do it, do it. You know, she was totally game for doing it. So I went and I really washed my hands and stuff and uh, I go, all right. And I do it and it looks great. I mean, it looks really nasty. And it really pays off when, when what happens to me happens to me. Mm-hmm. And then Danielle was the other girl, and she was cool, you know. Like we just have a little chat first, like sorry, we'll just kind of get through this. And after you hear cut, you go, "You're right." Yeah, of course. And and uh, uh, but the the two of them were real pros, real great. Mm-hmm. But the whole, the whole, I have to say, like you know, the whole thing was a real love fest. It was great. It was a uh, it was a giant hug the whole production, um, and so those moments were you just chat about them, and you uh, you know you get it over with. You know, you mentioned you know playing like uh, bad guys at different things, and this one maybe you you know you're trying to add some empathy to the character. Yeah. Um, uh, not to ruin my my horror car, but I, I see I watch all movies. So I saw you until uh, this summer. Went to see it in the theater or a few months ago, and that you play a terrible person in that and a real person. Um, what's what's the difference? You know, playing someone like that because I don't know that would be a very that would be to me harder to find to find empathy in that character. Yeah, um, good question. I mean, it's a <laughs> that's a crazy. I mean, I can sit here and talk about it. I could bore, I could bore your audience for, for a half hour talking about this. But, um, well, first of all, if you want to talk about, like, uncomfortable on set, my character says the bad words, right? And I say it repeatedly. And um, so the director, Shinoi, um actually sort of warned the whole, it takes place in a courtroom, courthouse. She warned the whole set. She goes, oh, you know, we're going to, this is of the period and um, some words are going to be used and this is an actor and, you know, we're just going to do it. 
and every, you know, everyone was totally cool about it, just totally getting it and stuff like that. But it's weird. It's, it's uncomfortable. Um, but as far as I play a guy named Clarence Strider, Sheriff Clarence Strider, and it's the story of Emmett Till, uh, which if people don't know, he was a 14 year old boy. He was killed in uh, the fifties and um, it kind of sparked the civil rights movement. Um, and um, I play a sheriff uh, in, in Mississippi who is not a good guy. Um, as far as finding empathy for him, I actually did a little research on him and you know, he, he, he was responsible for a lot of terrible things beyond this, but I read an interview with his, um, his granddaughter or his great granddaughter whose name escapes me now, but she's a pretty amazing person. And she is part of the Emmett Till foundation. And she goes around and speaks with Till's relatives and she's trying to help, you know, she's trying to heal and do all that stuff. And she claims that at the end of his life, he kind of had a, um, a bit of a turnaround. Mm -hmm. Now what that does, who knows, you know, what that means, who knows, but, um, but when I was doing that, you know, you just had to go and say the words, you know, sometimes there's room to find empathy and play around. And sometimes you have to tell the story mm-hmm. and the story was of, of Till was not a nice one. Matter of fact, if you look up um, this video of the guy that I play uh, being interviewed at the time, and he is just using language uh, freely without mm-hmm. thought uh, to news people. And so you just kind of got to go for it, you know? Yeah. That was a but movie. You, uh, no, it's a great movie. And it was a movie that like, I knew, I knew of the story before, but it made me go and watch actually documentary about it and read actually about yeah. the actual case, which is, uh, which is good. Yeah, I'm yeah, really honored to be part of it. Definitely an honor to do that movie and tell that be, part, be a small part of telling that story. Everyone should see it. And the lead actress, what do you think of her? Oh, she's amazing in the movie. One of the best performances I've ever yeah. seen in a movie. And I got to work with her. Like I got to work with, uh, I got to, you know, get a front row seat to it. So it was really something. Mm-hmm. Um, now you've been an actor for a long time, but, um, when you work with someone, especially, I guess, more like, uh, early in your career who had more, uh, more experience than you, or does that help raise like your, your acting level? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I mean, you know, fortunately I get to work with a lot of pretty amazing actors, but do you mean specifically early on? Yeah, because, you know, I, I would think now, obviously you still learn when, when for however long you've been acting, but I would think early on, it would probably be more, uh, it, yeah, you, you I mean, get more like, knowledge, I think, from working with someone uh, at the higher level. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, you have to, I'm trying to think of like who early on I might've worked with. I, you know, I'm very lucky. I've been to, been to able to work with like some legends almost and some, uh, real, real talents, but definitely, I mean, like, it's like pay, playing tennis, you know, you can only get better when you play someone better than you or any sport. Right. And you do that. And then more than anything, Neil, you get comfortable, you get comfortable on a set and you get comfortable in a scene and you get comfortable talking to people. And that to me is everything to be 
uh, relaxed. Um, so my thing is when I'm dealing with someone, uh, when I'm in a scene with someone who's very famous or a star, I like to treat them as an actor, like a peer to peer. And that, and that's what they want too. They don't mm -hmm. want, um, they don't want someone to like worship them. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe someone does, but, but I would think, uh, <laughs> but most right. Probably, yeah, yeah. Right. right. So if, if it ever came up to revisit Pleatherface, would that be something you'd be interested in doing? I t I emailed Casper. Uh, he kind of thanked everyone recently as the movie was getting close. We did some ADR, uh, which is you go in you know, to re-record some stuff. And uh, I said, I said, I'll be on a plane tomorrow, man. <laughs> uh, you know, whatever you need, uh, you know, count me as part of the, the Casper Kelly army now. Yeah. I like that. I, yeah. you know, I'll be. I'll, I, I don't. I don't know if he's working on a sequel, but uh, I'd be there in a minute. Well, you know, it's probably a little too early to say, but I. Um, once it came out, like it really started to blow up online. People really started to talk about it. Yeah, yeah, it's it's um, definitely word of mouth movie. It's really, which fun. I guess was by design. You know, and it, you never know though if that will work or not. Like you hope it does, but you know, it, I think it definitely did. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think they, if you're not going to advertise a movie, which they didn't do, <laughs> yeah, there's, there's, there's <laughs> only so much expectation you can have. Right. Um, so, yeah, about, I, loved, you, I loved the whole experience. It was really great. When you first saw the finished movie, because obviously you're there and you read the weird script, but when you see it with all the, the score and how it's edited together, you know, what were your initial thoughts? He pulled it off. Yeah. Because when you read the script, it's like, what? How how are you gonna have a log flying around a room and then how are you gonna have someone go through a fireplace? And how are you gonna have, you know, uh little men talking with um with the budget that that you have? And you know, all these there's a whole sequence in the movie, this whole theme of the movie of what else happened in this space over the years. Mm -hmm. And that's a lot kind of, of like a cycle, which I think is part of the social commentary. Yeah. 100%. But how are you going to shoot this? Right. was a big question. I think he did it. Mm -hmm. I think he's used to working with, uh, you know, within certain confines of the budget. And I know Shane Morton, you should look that guy up. He's got all kinds of stuff. He, he did, a, he did a lot of our stuff practically and, you know, he he would. We're talking about improvising. He would improvise. Like, oh, we need an alien head tomorrow. All right. <laughs> so um, I, I can't imagine if if someone hasn't watched the movie yet and they're listening to this interview and we're talking about you know your pleather face one thing, then there's a flying log, and then we just mention alien. But it's kind of the same way when you're watching it. I was like, now there's an alien in the movie, but yeah, but you know, you're going with it while you're watching it. Yeah, it all kind of works too. I, you know. It's like the kitchen sink, right? Yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, but it definitely worked. I was, I'm really happy with the movie, and I'm glad you did the interview. And I'm glad people are. It's always exciting uh, when people are talking about me, even if I'm not involved in it. But it's cool that you know people are into this and, and talking about it. And uh, to me, the most boring uh, movies because I get a lot of screeners and stuff. But it, yeah. if it's 
even if it's technically well made, if it's like something I've seen a zillion times, like a haunted house movie, not that a haunted house movie can't be good, but yeah. like your very typical haunted house movie that I've seen a thousand times. And yeah. Maybe it's made well, but I'm like, there's nothing new. And, and you can't, you can even tell like people aren't really having necessarily a lot of fun. They're just kind of walking through it. That doesn't interest me, but something where it's very unique and you could tell people are having a good time. That that's right. much more interesting to me, even if well, it was tra- something that technically wasn't well made. Yeah, well, look, but this, is, this you, isn't uh, that. But yeah, for for those of you who haven't seen it, to your point, you know, you ain't seen anything like this. Yeah, you know, I don't think there's anything ever been like you know made like this before. You know, and it's so it's really um, I don't I don't say this about many things that I do just because it's a, you know we're acting as a profession, but I'm really honored to be part of this, and I I've engaged with other people. I get to talk to cool people like you and. It's really great. Yeah, very cool. So uh, I don't know if you maybe you uh, maybe sometime you do conventions, you can bring the mask with you. It'd be cool photo op. Yeah, yeah I get, get, get a log. I don't know, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they sent out. Uh, I think I have to right away. But there's like these promo logs that they sent out. Oh, it's really? Like a pillow. It says murder on it. Murder <laughs> log. Actually, <laughs> Shane. Uh, I think there were. He wrote this for me. Murder, <laughs> murder log mask. I but love he, it. They weren't sure what to call it either for a long time. Yeah. Oh, uh, the movie itself? Yeah. Because I think yeah. it's even under two different things on uh, like IMDb. The fireplace. Yeah. yeah the fireplace and you. I think a song. One of Casper's friends wrote a song for it called The Fireplace. That's the theme. Casper wrote it with him or something like that. And there might be some confusion about whether the song that's the name of the song or the movie or something. But I don't, I don't know. So, um, or are you working on anything currently? You seem like a busy guy. Yeah, I got a few things coming up, but but the main thing I'm like I like to talk about yeah. is Till, and that yeah, came out. Yeah, it came out. Um, uh, where did you see it, by the way? Uh, at AMC in Boston. Oh, okay. So, I try to see every, if I could see everything in the theater. To me, there's no better way to see a movie than in the theater. Uh, it's not always possible. There's a, it's also cool to watch the streaming, obviously. But it, I yeah. go to see multiple movies a week when I can. Yeah, yeah. It's nice to be back in the theater, that, right? Yeah. It's a, I know people obviously had way worse problems, but that was the main thing I missed was going to the theater. Of course, of course. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that. I think that came out in like cities and stuff. Um, and it's on streaming now. It's on it's on Apple TV, I think, and. I'm really excited about that. And I think it's award seasons coming up and I think it, I, I really hope it gets a lot of attention and stuff like this, you know? Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. the uh, I know it's a chain AMC, but uh, the one in Boston shows a lot of like, not smaller movies, but movies that don't have a wide release and they do show some weird uh, independent films. And then, then I have some other theaters that I like that show yeah. a lot of just very strange movies and midnight movies. I'm lucky in New York City that we, we have a couple of, we have a little of everything. You know, we have the big multiplex and stuff, yeah. but then there's Angelica and all that stuff. I think Film Forum, did that close? Might have. I don't know. But yeah, I was, I was happy that the two that I go to, uh, Coolidge in uh, Brookline and uh, the Brattle in Cambridge, that they survived the, the pandemic because there was worry, you know, both of them might close during that time because they couldn't be open. And, uh, people donate money and kept them open. So. Great. Well, we need them, right? Yeah. 
because once they're gone, they, you know, that's, they don't reopen, you know, usually because the Coolidge has been there since the thirties, I think. So wow. if it would close it, you know, it's, it would just be something else. And it when when someone else wouldn't buy it and reopen it most likely. Yeah, exactly. They'd open a, uh, you know, a, a party supply store or something. Yeah. <laughs> Dunkin' Donuts and a CVS and <laughs> right. all the typical well, things. I like your hat, man. Oh, thank you. I th- I have a few different uh, uh, Christmas hats here, but I thought this one was sort of fitting for Pleatherface. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I played Santa Claus a few times in my life. Oh, you did? Oh, yeah. So, so, uh, so thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Looks good. Yeah, I like good choice. You. Thank you. Yeah. And you were great as Pleatherface. It was a uh, really fun role, a weird role. And yeah, you, you did a great job. Hey man, thank you. I mean, really, I mean it for a guy like we talked about, like one of one of you people who who really <laughs> love this stuff. Yeah, that's who I was hoping to impress, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I hope I hope I did you know the type of character a service. Definitely, and I, I'm you should definitely be proud of this. Until great uh, year for you. That's a great. Thanks, movie. man. Thank yeah. you. I don't always I, talk about movies like Till on here because it's a different genre, but I I, I just love movies in general. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. I uh, I've listened to a few of your things now. I really like uh, I really like your stuff. I listened to your interview with Paul Schrader. It's crazy. Oh, that was I was uh, for anyone who ever asked me advice. I always just say like to get guests like the the worst someone's gonna say is no, right? So I was like, will Paul Schrader do the show? I was like, probably not, but I don't know. I'll ask him, and he was all about it because I guess he. Never talks about cat people. Usually, everyone wants to talk about Taxi Driver or something. Which I, I mean, I love Taxi Driver, but he was all oh. about wanting to come on and talk about cat people. It's like, okay, cool. Yeah, what, what that that is a lesson for actors and for what you do and life. Maybe like make make him say no. You know, like so I've been what? turned down many times. I mean, it's not the end of the world. You know? exactly, exactly. Yeah. It's funny. It's funny. Paul Schrader in a different lifetime. I'm talking about like in like the mid nineties or something like that. I used to work at a production company in Manhattan, like right out of college. And Paul, Paul Schrader had like a, like rented an office in the production company. So I used to see him, you know, you know, taking a Snapple out of the refrigerator, you know, I'd be like, yeah, it's the guy that invented Travis Bickle. You know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hysterical yeah you know. it's probably my favorite movie well, up there anyway that good fellows totally. but um i've been thinking about asking him to do part two because i would like to uh talk about um his um exorcist i think it's exorcist four because there's two different versions of the same movie where he directed one and then he was replaced and then they like what? reshot it and then they ended up putting his version out after that it's a very strange story you're kidding me yeah it's uh exorcist dominion i think and just it's got two different names. He was the original director. Then he's replaced. That movie didn't do well. So then he finishes his version and then they put it out like the next year or that same year. As an exorcist movie? Yeah. Yeah. Which which number do you know? I think it's part four. And it, I think it's called Exorcist Dominion. And just it's two different movies. I think his is called Dominion and the other one's called Exorcist something else. Did you well speaking of the Exorcist four, I believe. Yeah. I could be wrong. Did you see this whole Jeffrey Dahmer thing? I haven't actually yet. There's so much stuff, but I, I, uh, I, I that's something I would like to watch. But yeah, not not to get maudlin, but he, um, he was obsessed with one of the, I think Exorcist Four. I wonder if it was the, 
the Schrader. Well, maybe it was. Yeah, that that would be very <laughs> that'd be very weird. Not to laugh about it, but yeah. I know. My God, it's ridiculous, crazy. But Paul Schrader is an interesting guy. I mean, yeah, raging, yeah, raging bull and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, they. Um, I was just saying, his old is like original works great, but I mean, uh, his. I don't know if you saw. I think it was his newest movie, Card Counter. I thought was that was a great movie. Who was that? It's got. Uh, it's pretty. Uh, well, um, Willem Dafoe's in it, and huh. um, the other, the main guy's really big now. He was in Dune, and he was in the. Um, he plays Moon Knight in the in the Marvel sh- series. Chalamet. I can't remember his name, but he's a pretty big actor now. I think he's in the. Oh, 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 oh Os- um, Os- Oscar Isaac. That, that is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very yeah, good actor. That's a really. Um, I just like I said because I go to see like I go see multiple movies and that was playing and I was like I don't know it sounded in so I thought it was about poker and it sort of is but not really and so right. I went in not really knowing anything about it which is really kind of fun and then it comes up and it's like produced by Martin Scorsese and directed by Paul Schrader I was like what is this like wow, wow this is cool and uh, yeah it was a really good movie I'd definitely recommend it he, he's done a bunch of interesting movies along yeah. the way. But I think it's yeah. a real weird, hard movie to um, to promote because it's was promoted as like a um, a poker movie, and it's just like peripherally about that. And right. I think they didn't want to actually say what it's about because it gives away the movie. But then it also made it hard, I think, to promote it. Like, what right. what is this movie? <laughs> but it's pick- worth seeking out if you find it. I don't picture him being like the easiest promoter or interviewer. No, it's probably not even something he's that interested in. Though, I don't you, think. But I don't you did know. great with him, though. You really did great with him. I was, yeah, I was really happy that he that he did the show. And there was a really weird. Uh, I think at the very end, he just talked about someone doing like crack, and I was like, "Whoa, this is this is not what I expected." But okay, yeah. <laughs> you just go with it, you know. Yeah. Like, you see what happens. But yeah, man, it's a great lesson. Just make him say no, you know, like. Yeah, my ask ask five legends yeah and maybe right. one will say yes right yeah that's how it worked out I'm, uh, yeah. when i started the show was there wasn't even podcasts around it was 2006 and i was just asking people to come on and yeah you know, you know it worked out i mean you got this legend exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, future legend here yeah other face no <laughs> no i just thought that worked out but my favorite uh, my favorite turn down is i asked william shatner to come on the show and I immediately, like two seconds after I sent the email, it was like three in the morning. I got, it says it's from his agent. In my mind, it was just William Shatner. And it says, William Shatner only does, and it's all caps, major media outlets. And that made me just <laughs> laugh, actually. <laughs> I worked with him once. Yeah. I worked with him on um, Miss Congeniality 2. Okay. <laughs> what, was he, what was he like? It was awesome. Yeah. There was a funny moment, though. Because I, I, I'll try to make it quick. He, he um, it was at like an old age home or something like that. And he, he played in the, in that series of movies, he played like, I think he played himself. Uh, and he was addressing the residents of an old age home. Right. And I played an orderly in the old age home. Mm-hmm. And I, I wasn't supposed to be in a scene and the, they, they said, Oh, we need him. So, so I was in my dressing room and they, they grabbed me and they said, all right, just go stand over there. And I had no idea. Like I just kind of ran in and I stood there and I had no idea like William Shatner was in the scene, you know, it was that quick. And I stand there and I kind of stand in front of the person 
And from behind me, uh, the, well, the director's going, Brendan, a little to the left, a little to the right. And I stand there and I hear behind me, I hear, I don't think so, Brendan. <laughs> and I turn around and I'm kind of standing in front of Shatner. And I went, oh, my God. I said, I'm so sorry. He was like, it's okay. You know? <laughs> I love that. Yeah. He was right. um, uh, at a convention I was at. He did this. I thought it was a great panel and I recorded it. It was Twilight Zone panel. So he's telling all these stories you don't ever hear him really talk about because it's always like Star Trek stuff. So it was him, the daughter of um, uh, the, the guy who created Ron Twilight Serling. Zone. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, the guy who played Jaws in the James Bond movies. He was Richard uh, Keel. Yeah. Yeah. So, and um, so, you know, it was not too long before he passed away and yeah. it was, it was great. It was a really different side of Shatner. He was, you know, cause it, he wasn't kind of playing Shatner, which he kind of does normally, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and, uh, and so I was going to post it. And then I got an email, like the, the Sh William Shatner people like, oh, you can't, you can't use, don't post that, uh, the panel. And I was like, oh man, like I thought it made him look great. So I don't know what the reasoning was, but yeah. I can never uh, post publicists or publicists, you know, you know, he's like in his nineties. I know. Cause he's one of the last people uh, around from um, original star yeah. Trek. I think there's like three or so. Yeah. You know, the original cast. Yeah. And it's two of them are that like the young, the younger two. Um, Whippersnappers. Yeah. At the time. Yeah. <laughs> But, I mean, he still looks great for like, and he went to, he went to space in his nineties. So. Yeah. What the hell, man? Good for Shatner. Yeah, no, I agree. I like Shatner. Even if he <laughs> told me he only does major meteor outlets, but it made me it laugh. Honestly. Yeah. I kept Get another legend. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, this has been great. And, uh, maybe we'll do it again sometime. Hey man, really cool talking to you. And I'm a fan now. And, um, I appreciate that. I'm a fan of you. Oh, thanks man. Yeah. Let's, uh, if I'm in uh, I'm in Boston. We'll uh, we'll hook up. All right, sounds good. All right, thank you. Be good, man. You as well. Be Bye. Good.